0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the All In Podcast. This is episode number 53. I am one of the co hosts of the All In Podcast, Mike Badzik, joined by my guy, Eli Cooper. What's up, buddy?
1: What's up, man? Not, not much, not much. Uh, NBA offseason has yes. begun with a bang, man. They. <laughs> They came out guns yeah. blazing. <laughs>
0: no, they definitely did. And, you know, yesterday, so our viewers and you know that I'm a golf guy, uh, I was kind of on sports overload this weekend with the Masters and trying to pay attention to college football and NFL football, which had a ton of good games. And then in comes the NBA offseason stuff in the middle of November uh, which, you know, of course, NBA offseason is always the best offseason. Yeah, and it, it has not disappointed so far. So, we're going to get into uh, those topics, NFL topics, uh, today on this podcast. I do want to mention the All In Podcast is presented by mybookie.ag. Um, head on over to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code All In Pod for a 100% sign up bonus uh, to whoever you deposit, 100% sign up bonus from mybookie.ag just use that promo code all in pod to get it uh, and let them know that we sent you. So uh, head on over there and you can, uh, you know, there's some interesting uh, prop bets that you can place on there. Uh, One of them is Phoenix suns to make or miss the playoffs. Uh, And those odds are going to go up today with the announcement that CP three has been traded to the suns. Um, I think it's a deal that probably makes sense for both sides. Um, what were your thoughts on CP3 to the Suns?
1: Uh, well, for one, I, I don't know that we um, – the report about him coming to the Suns came, I think, yesterday or the day before. Yeah, uh, but I think just in general, the CP3 trade, we kind of forecasted when Billy Donovan got fired. Yeah. Um, or resigned, however, whatever you want to call it, um, which we talked about on Couch Coach Live uh, when we made our appearance on there. Uh-huh. And, um, so it was just a matter of where at this point would he end up? Uh, and I'm, I'm a little surprised that the sons, when I first heard this mm. report that they were pursuing this, yeah. um, because CP three doesn't necessarily fit their timeline. Um, as, as far as the rest of their roster, like they're an incredibly young team. Um, booker's not even 24, I don't think yet right. 25. Uh, and obviously Deandre Ayton's only going to be in his third year this year. Yep. Uh, miles bridges will be in a second um you know guys like that which is like the main part of their core um and granted he certainly makes them a lot better like i love the fit um that he has with this team you know i think him and deandre ayton in pick and rolls will be great um i think it will move devin booker off the ball more and allow yeah. him to You know, play without the basketball um, and and not hinder him when he does play with the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, CP3 can play without the ball. He's done it, you know, for a lot of the last three years. Um, So he has he has less of a problem relinquishing the ball than he did earlier in his career. Um, So the fit is really good there um, with with their two stars, in my opinion. Um, and I love Miles Bridges. I think he's a good two-way small forward. I like Cam Johnson at the four as a stretch four. I like Dario Saric. I believe he's still there. Um, yeah. Not sure what his contract situation is um, as another stretch forward. Like, they have a nice nucleus. However, they're in the West. So, yeah. with the Warriors getting healthy and with a number two pick, which we'll get into later on this in this NBA part, um you know the lakers are obviously going to be good again and, and we'll talk about the move that they made um you know obviously houston likely oh, we don't know what's going to happen in houston uh we know okc is not going to be in a playoff spot but dallas is up and coming okay. um uh, memphis is up and coming like you know portland i think is going to be better this year i would hope um than what they were so like uh, it's it's going to be a battle out west yeah, um, And the Suns will be in it. They'll be in the mix.
0: Well, I think absolutely they will be in it, right? And I think this trade makes sense for the Suns. I think they kind of have to do it. Um, I think if, you know, because you mentioned that he doesn't really fit their timeline. Like, he definitely doesn't, right? He's probably in his head met thinking, I've got three or four years left. Maybe let's get a championship here. We're running out of time. And the Suns probably aren't the best avenue to do that. Uh, but when you look at what he did with OKC last year, Kind of the same situation. When he got traded mm-hmm. there, we all were thinking, well, he's going to get traded again because why would this young team want him? And that was even more of a uh, rebuild than this Suns team is right now. Yeah. Uh, so so maybe the idea is, well, we'll bring him in. You know, he teaches Devin Booker some leadership stuff, moves him off the ball a little bit more. Uh, and he's really, really good, right? He's an all-NBA player last year. Yeah. So I think the Suns are looking at it and they're like, uh, we haven't made the playoffs in a long time we need to do something soon uh, or we are going to end up the the next Seattle franchise. So, so (laughs) let's, you know, let's accelerate this a little bit. And I think it's a great move for them. They didn't give up too much, you know, kind of um, you know, as this news was happening, I don't know if we talked about, I know uh, me and Todd had talked about it and it kind of was like, well, you know, you're going to give up Uber. You're going to give up Rubio, Rubio for the contract. Is it worth giving up the, 10th pick this year because I think the Suns have the 10th pick uh, and we kind of were like well you know Chris Paul's 37 I wouldn't want to give up that 10th
1: pick but right. I think
0: it's a 2022 first round pick now. it is they did not give that pick up they did not and if you're the Suns I think you're betting on okay 2022 we should be better uh, certainly than the 10th pick if they're you know if this goes as planned so I think I like it from that perspective as well uh, and you know OKC was looking to move them I don't know if this was the spot that they were going to get the most um, out of you know, out of the trade, but I don't know who could have offered more. And, and certainly teams had a long time to think about this. So I'm sure whoever wanted to make an offer would have made an offer that was better.
1: Right. And, you know, the thing is, um, you know, and, and maybe that's something I didn't consider, even though he doesn't fit their timeline. What if they're looking at a Killian Hayes, a Cole Anthony, yeah. someone like that in this 10 spot who's not going to be an immediate impact, right? However... You know, when Chris Paul's time to go comes, yeah. you would elevate one of those guys into you know that point guard spot and have a, a long term answer yeah. for your backcourt with Devin Booker and Achillean Hayes or um, uh, Cole Anthony. I don't know that um, um, the other point guard from Iowa State, Ty, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton. Yeah. I don't know that he falls that far, but if he does, you know, he's in play there. So, uh, kira lewis
0: or, yeah or you're looking at it and you're like, like well we kept that 10th pick we're trying to we're trying to do this this year we really want to make a push this year we can move that for something else or trade yeah. down or trade down and and you know get another nice role player because they're going to lose Ubre, who yeah. was a really good role player uh so maybe there's still moves to be made for the Suns. Um but i think if you're a phoenix fan you have to love this move oh so, yeah absolutely So what's the ceiling then? What are we thinking? You know, what's, what's okay, how about we'll do it this way. What's the best seed the Suns could be in this year's playoffs? Uh, And what's your kind of expectation also?
1: So um, just, you know, off the top of my head, I think you can book the Lakers and the Nuggets and the Clippers, depending on what they do in the top three, I would say. Um, I think the Warriors are, back in the top five all being healthy. Um, I still, I would still take the Warriors over the Suns team. I think depending on, again, depending on what happens in this, in these next couple of days. Yeah. Um, and then it's kind of a toss up for like five through eight. Right. Um, I think they're better than the Mavs now. I would, I, I would think they're better than the Grizzlies. I think they're better than Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm yeah. expecting Houston to fall out of this with what's being rumored to to happen there. So I think that opens up a spot. Obviously, OKC falls out. So, you know, I think 5C, seed, 4 seed, maybe.
0: Well, you know, I was kind of thinking about this and I'm like, OK, like I know the Thunder overachieved last year. But like if you just matched up the Suns roster right now with that Oklahoma City roster, like the Suns is way better. Way better. And Oklahoma City was the 5 seed last year with Houston ahead of them. Yeah. Um, so really like my thought was, and like the Warriors, I think, you know, I would expect the Warriors to be a top four seed if they stay healthy, which is not a guarantee for that team, given the last couple of years and all of those guys, all three of those guys, they're going to have, and we don't know what move they're going to make. Yeah. So I would say the highest the Suns could go is the three seed. I think that's the highest they could. I think, you know. The Nuggets, we all love that we do love the Nuggets, and they're a great regular season team year after year. And this year, they were a really good playoff team. I don't think it's inconceivable that the Suns could have a better record than them. I think if if they jumped the Clip, unless the Clippers sell Paul George and you know they kind of have a blow up, I think it's going to be tough for them to pass them. But of course, the Lakers, I think that'd be the highest. I probably would expect them in that four to six range. Yeah, which 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 would be. Um, you know, assuming that the Nuggets are ahead of them, and then the Warriors probably are ahead of them, uh, but then you kind of have, um, you know, the Jazz, the Mavs, the Suns, and then you know we don't know what's going to happen with Houston, as we're about to discuss right now. Um, but you know they could they could be, they could definitely make noise. They'll be in the yeah, playoffs. Absolutely, it'd be a shock if they didn't make the playoffs. So
1: yeah.
0: All right, let's go to our next topic, which is James Harden and Houston. Uh, reports are he is wanting out. Of Houston, and he is requesting a trade. His two destinations he has picked are Brooklyn, which would be insane, uh, and Brooklyn. Philadelphia to to team up with his old friend Daryl Morey, uh, and and probably that would mean a Ben Simmons move. I would think he would probably be the guy involved in that package. I don't know for sure, um, but but you would think. Um, so, what do we think about both of those uh, propositions?
1: Um, so I think the Sixers make more sense than the Nets do from a fit perspective. Um, and I think the, the Sixers also have more to offer yeah. when you talk about a Ben Simmons, um, you know, being, or, or even if, you know, uh, Daryl Morey has never been a guy that loves centers. So even if you're talking about it and going, yeah. um, the other ways, um, I don't know how you hold on to both because yeah. you don't really have the picks or, you know, you know, maybe you're, yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't want to sacrifice Matisse for this. So I don't know. For
0: Harden, you wouldn't want to sacrifice Matisse for Harden.
1: Well, I, I, I don't love Harden for the Sixers in general. I really don't. I don't, uh, I think, especially I think, with, I think, I think you have to sacrifice him though. Yeah. I mean, you would, that's what I'm saying, but you'd also he, Josh Richardson's probably is definitely gone. Yeah. Um, and and you got to do something with the Horford. Con- Horford's probably gone, uh, just to make the contracts work, um, as well. So maybe you can hold on to Matisse if you're giving up Josh Richardson. I don't know, um, or maybe Josh Richardson has to stay because because uh, of cap. I haven't done the the trade machine thing or anything like yeah. that. But I think the Sixers overall are the better fit here, um, assuming they even if they keep Ben and Embiid, even if they keep Ben and Embiid. I think he fits better with them than he does with Kyrie and KD. Uh, The Nets seem like a disaster waiting to happen to me um, from a Kyrie and James Harden backcourt on, on both ends of the floor. You're talking about a super ball dominant shooting guard and like uh, Kyrie's reason for leaving Cleveland was to like be the man. Yeah. Like now he teamed up with KD that was already unlikely for him to be the guy. And, and now you're talking about James Harden, who is better than Kyrie. If you ask me, yes. I don't think that's, a, I don't think that's a stretch by any of the men. So like now your third fiddle, what, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, what, what, how did that work out for you? Uh, yeah. And, and maybe he's kind of gotten over that. I don't know, but I just don't. And you're talking about two ball dominant guards. Um, and then, you know, KD who's not ball dominant at all, but like, he still needs the touches. You know what I mean? He still wants to play in isolation. Like, that's a lot of isolation in, in pick and roll basketball, um, which is like, how's that really different than what you're doing in Houston? Uh, Granted, like the guys that you're doing it with are better, but I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I love that fit for him from a championship perspective. Um, There's only one basketball at the end of the day. I, I know, you know, people love kind of hate that analogy now, but it's, it's true. And none of these guys, Uh, Besides KD, has really proven that they can consistently play without the basketball in their hands and still be effective. Yeah. Um, So I
0: just just think if he goes to the Nets, like that's three top seven players in the league, like top eight players. And maybe Kyrie's closer to top 10 or top 12. But like that's going to be really tough to beat for anybody. I know there's only one basketball, and I know that, but like historically, when we've seen guys team up like that, and they're really, really good like this, they make it work. Yeah. Um, now I don't know about Kyrie; he he seems to have issues making things work. I don't know about Harden; how he would, you know, you know, we've seen him work with KD before, their former teammates, obviously, but that was a completely different James Harden. Yeah, and way now that and now that he's been this guy for the past four years, how does he adjust to? maybe not being that guy anymore. I think in Philly he has the opportunity to go in and still be that guy, which maybe maybe he prefers that. But maybe he looks at it and says, uh, you know, Brooklyn, I want to win a championship. That's kind of what's missing from the, from the mantle right now. I think right. the big question – I mean, I know, you know, Brooklyn, New York has a good reputation. Like everybody knows about it. I think you'd be able to answer this better uh, compared to New York. Philly – uh, what's the strip club scene like? Is it is it top notch? Because you know that you know that's a big factor in his decision.
1: Oh man, I'm pretty sure New York's is better. Probably right. I'm pretty sure. I, so that no, makes sense, I, right? I'm not a i hun- I've I've never actually been on that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drake did boast about it in Back to Back. So that he he gave Philly some props there, but I, if I were to guess, I'd say
0: (laughs) guess New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're probably going to have to uh, outsource. Maybe We'll ask uh, Rob Cooper uh, senior. He probably, he he probably knows what's going on there. So, so yeah. So um, that is a big question also, but I think, you know, if I'm hard and I'm looking at it, like, if I go to the next, I don't know who is, is matching up with us, at least in the East, right? If you're looking at it and saying, the Lakers are gonna be the Lakers, but like you look at that Eastern Conference and you're like, If I go to the Nets, it's a rap.
1: For the East, yeah. For the yeah, East. For the East for sure. Like at the end of the day, their talent um would would overcome, you yeah. know, any any team in the East um that thinks about challenging them. My problem is when it gets I like this is a team that when it gets to the finals that would concern me. Yeah. Um and it's just like when you when you look at it on paper, like yeah three top 15 at, at bare minimum for Kyrie players. But it's also kind of like, I don't know that we've ever seen James Harden be successful without the basketball on his hands uh, and yeah. in, in any kind of role. Cause, and that was part of the reason he had to be the sixth man right. in OKC is because he could not play with yeah. Russ and KD that they, they did try that starting lineup. It didn't work. Um, and it's because he's, He's a he's the primary ball handler and playmaker, so I just don't know how that works. Um, yeah. You know, with Kyrie, who has a little more experience, I guess, playing without the basketball. You know, obviously he played with LeBron, so and LeBron's a a pretty significant ball dominant player. So, like, I guess Kyrie's making the most sacrifice here. Again, it's just like that would yeah. be. I, I'm I'm thinking Kyrie's mentality doesn't yeah. fit that role anymore.
0: Well they hired Steve Nash,
1: which yeah. could be good for the
0: Zen. I think maybe, you know, they'll have some yoga sessions with Kyrie KD. <laughs> They're both into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they'll smoke pot uh, before the game. So that'll help everybody's cool heads. No, but but seriously, you know, and I mentioned before, like when we've seen guys team up like this top, you know, three top fifteen guys, like it's been pretty unbeatable. But right. I think this would be different from the perspective of like, first of all, like we've really never seen, uh, we've never we've only seen a handful of times, two or three times ever, uh, three top guys like this, and one of them had LeBron, who has probably the highest basketball IQ of all time, exactly. uh, and the other one was probably with Steph and Clay, who were just fine being off the ball and running around and shooting threes. it's, yeah. that, that's, it's a completely different it's a completely different makeup for a potential Nets team like this.
1: Yeah. So I, honestly, I would like to see it happen just so we can like see how does yeah. it work. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued.
0: Do you want him in as a Sixers as a Sixers fan? Do you want him in Philly?
1: I prefer him in Philly than on the Nets.
0: Yeah. So like at
1: this point, if that's what you're, if that's, would you give up Ben Simmons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would. And and um. Basically, that I think he I think he's a way better fit with Embiid than Ben Simmons is. So you kind of eliminate that problem yeah. Um in that case. I think he's I think he could actually play with Ben uh, if he could play with Russ. He can play with Ben. I
0: think
1: so. Uh, so like I don't know. I I do. I don't love the fit, but I I would certainly prefer it to having to uh, get run over by the Nets for years to come. So
0: yeah. Okay, the last trade that we will talk about that's happened so far is the Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. Seems like a great move uh, for the Lakers. They gave up the 28th pick, and Danny Green, I think, was also in that deal okay, um, for Dennis
1: Schroeder. Danny Green was not included okay. in that oh, they, deal okay. from so they what I Danny saw. Okay. He was discussed, but it didn't look like he was involved okay. in okay. that trade.
0: Okay, well, that's even better than for the Lakers. So it yeah. uh, seems like a perfect fit.
1: It does. Um, I don't know that they could have found a better guard to fit this team, yeah. uh, you know, given what they severely lacked and was our biggest concern is that they had no pick and roll presence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Dennis Schroeder gives you that right away. Um, Cause he's, he's really good in those situations and like, he's not super ball dominant. He can yeah. play without the basketball. So Absolutely. when they need him to, he can, um, you know, I, I, he was really good last year uh, and got a lot better defensively. So he doesn't hurt them on that end of the floor. I thought um, this was a really good deal for them. I think Danny green is still going to be on the block um, yeah. as far as in another, uh, maybe involved in another move. Um, and maybe that's why they didn't give him up here, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's an excellent move for the Lakers who really didn't give up much for him. Yeah. Oh, I I'm sorry. Love it. Danny green was included in the deal. That's what I
0: thought. Okay, yes, so Danny Green in the 28th pick then?
1: Yes, Danny Green okay. in the 28th pick. Which, yeah, I mean, he was expendable because you have Avery Bradley. Yeah. Um so who... they're going to get
0: Bradley and Schroeder added to that championship team. Well, right. obviously they're going to lose Danny Green, but he was pretty terrible. Yes, he was.
1: So... Now, <laughs> KCP opted out So okay. and is expected to have multiple offers. I would think they'd want to keep him for depth purposes – they're expecting to lose Rondo, which was part of the reason they brought Schroeder in. Uh, I don't. I think with Schroeder coming in, I don't think that hurts you. Um, but they uh, Morris is all, is a free agent. Dwight Howard and Javale McGee are both free agents. I think one of them stays, probably, yeah. probably McGee. Yeah. But so
0: probably more retooling to do for the for the Lakers, though. So. Definitely. But I think they're going to get better. I think they're. You know, they're not staying put, right? Like this already makes, I think Schroeder now is, he's at least that third scoring option um, yeah. that, that we had talked about plenty of times Them needed, of course they didn't really need it. It turns out, but, uh, certainly doesn't hurt. Um, okay. Let's talk NBA draft. So NBA draft kind of snuck up on us. Uh, it's on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening on Tuesday, it's tomorrow. Um, um, No big trades yet. The Timberwolves
1: have the first pick. What do you think they're going to do? Well, um, what I think they're going to do and what I think they should do are two different things. Um, Because at this point, it's looking like they want LaMelo. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, the, the talks of it are increasing. And for the, for the life of me, I can't figure out why. But they, they want Lamelo. I think they're going to pull the trigger. And f- here's from a franchise perspective, I understand it. Like, of all the players in this draft, he's the most box office. Like, there's just yeah. there's no doubt about it. Um, D'Lo is an intriguing player. You know what I mean? As far as putting what's in the seats. It's obviously Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best bigs in the league. Yeah. Um, despite some of his softness, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, when you're talking about a small market team, yeah. Uh, it's hard to land a box office guy. Um, you know, if you don't have the number one pick and maybe that's what they're looking at here. Like, listen, we'll just get, we'll get the guy who's going to put the butts in the seats and hope that he can figure it out with D I don't know. That's, that's really, that's the only thing I can really think of that, they're thinking about here um, because I, I think it's a no-brainer that Anthony Edwards is the better fit at this so. number one pick here. I don't know that anyone, even the Timberwolves, would dispute that. But I think they're just kind of looking at the aura that is Lamelo Ball, just not only from you know the the box office standard that uh, he he draws, but also um, his upside like yeah. I th- he's a big 6768 point guard um whose floor vision has drastically increased since uh you know he hit that growth spurt he's an excellent playmaker you know and i think people are just like i think they might be thinking if we don't take lamelo ball and he blossoms right how bad are we going to look yeah so no, you I, know, I i, I kind of yeah. get it no, i kind of get it
0: i think upside it, it has to be lamelo Lamelo Ball, and I also think like, and and I agree that it seems like he's going to go number one overall. But I don't know if they necessarily even want him number one overall. But I think if you're the T Wolves, you might be looking at it and saying like, let's just take the best asset, which is something yeah. that you know teams do that a lot. Like, it's oh like, yeah, we don't know who the best player is. We haven't been able to work these guys out. Who's the best asset? Who can we even move later possibly? Like, there's Andrew no guarantee. Wiggins. Even Andrew Wiggins, like. Yeah. There's no guarantee that if they take Lamelo, he's going to be even on the team the first uh, game of the year. Like they okay. could still move him. They could still move D'Lo. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny that they're going to end up taking him. I think the mock draft we did back in like July, we had uh, we we had them taking Lamelo at like That's, the sixth pick. Yeah, yeah. But it looks like it's going to end up happening at one. Um, I I would take Anthony Edwards.
1: I, I would too.
0: Especially if I'm, well, you know and, and, you know, that's me saying, like, if I'm keeping him, if I want to actually have the guy that I'm going to try to do something with, I think it's Anthony Edwards. I just don't see it from the mellow ball, but people like him. Um, uh, Ch- Chad Ford, who does a lot of draft stuff, has him number one overall right now. So, like, there's something to it. I've just been hearing a lot that it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The shooting is not there. Yeah. Um the the defense is not there. The the vision is certainly there. The the court vision is unbelievable.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Um yeah, I, I just I, I would I would go with Anthony Edwards. I think we agree there, right?
1: Yeah, definitely Anthony Edwards. Um again, he's uh he's the the off the ball player. When you just traded for D i I think it would be it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to then move D after taking the mellow here. I'm I'm assuming they want to play both of them um and to me that seems like a nightmare but
0: i don't like that idea
1: i don't like it either
0: i don't like that idea of trying to play them both together that's just i think we've seen that not work
1: so I, many times like so I many mean,
0: times right like, i mean the
1: best example of of two guards like that in a way is portland right like yeah. uh cj and dane like two guards who get buckets um but don't play any defense yeah. Uh, and a, a they, can, they
0: can both shoot though. And they can both shoot. Right. Exactly. Or like Delo can shoot, um, catch and shoot anyway, but like Lamello cannot shoot. We're gonna they're gonna have to figure that out. Um any other what other potential trades do you predict? Is it the Warriors? Is it the Hornets? Uh who do you think's making a deal?
1: Well, um with the Russell Westbrook situation, yeah. Um there were reports that Jordan wants him. In Charlotte, mm-hmm. um, which if he doesn't feel that Lamelo is going to fall to him at three, I, that makes sense. Um, and I think Houston would be very lucky to to get a number three pick for Russell Westbrook. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, um, at that point, what when you're when you're possibly thinking about blowing it up? Now Houston says that they're not uh, necessarily um, you know pressed to trade either Harden or Russ. They want to make it work. Um, but you know we'll see how that plays out so hornets could be moving their pick hey. um you know i, I think golden state uh, who i surprisingly haven't heard many rumors one day ahead of the draft um no. i it, think they're out there though yeah i mean they're they're out there but we're, we're, there's no wash bombs there's no sham's bombs uh yeah. being dropped on what's going to happen with that pick so you know we'll, i think we'll literally have to watch the draft to see if that happens um uh, but i think if we it, i think they're hundred percent content on keeping the pick and taking Wiseman at the second spot, um, which makes sense. I think he's a great fit for them and what they like to do and gives them a building piece. If, you know, the big three isn't able to get back to NBA final, um, mm-hmm. you know, caliber play, um, you know, obviously he gives you a building block to to move forward with. So, you know, I think that's a, an intriguing that's the most intriguing thing to look at right now is what happens with that number two pick because um you know i don't think they're willing to give it up for anything but uh you know for for less than what they see the value as and all but also like this isn't a super strong draft class so i don't see a ton of people like really wanting to move up to that number two spot um unless someone is really really interested in taking james wiseman yeah um I, I just don't see – I don't see the market – the market isn't super high for that number two pick.
0: No, and it's not, and and we this is something we've talked about where it's not a super great draft class at the top. There's no definite superstars, but it seems like there is a lot of role players. So what I could see, and I think it's more likely that Charlotte, if they do do the Russell Westbrook trade, um, I think it probably does not involve the number three
1: pick pick. Yeah, probably
0: not. It's probably it's probably something else without that. But then if they do do that deal, then they're thinking to themselves, "Oh, we got Russell Westbrook. We can get the 7 seed. I guess that's what Russell Westbrook <laughs> can get you, right?" By himself, let's yeah. let's let's trade back our 3 pick um to whoever. OKC, okay, let's swap with them. Let's do something to to try to get another piece. Um I don't know who it is or, or, or but I could see them Trading back if they get Russ, if that's what they want to do, that'd be interesting. I also think Russ um, probably the reason he wanted out of Houston was he didn't want to play with Harden anymore because he doesn't like being the second fiddle. He wanted to he wanted to be Russ again. Well, if Harden leaves, then he can be Russ again in Houston. So maybe maybe nothing changes there where he, he doesn't get traded at all. Right uh, now, the Warriors. I think it's interesting that you're right. Like we haven't heard the rumor about the Warriors. Um, and I think that's I think that's intentional. I think that they are giving off the um, giving off like the the attitude that they're going to keep the pick, and they're going to take James Wiseman or they're going to take Anthony Edwards whoever's there. That way, if if somebody in the draft behind them really wants them, um, and we've heard Charlotte really likes James Wiseman, uh, we we've heard that. So maybe Golden State is saying. We're gonna keep the pick. We're gonna take James Wiseman at number two. Like, Charlotte, you sure you don't wanna trade up and and we'll trade back or something like that. Or maybe it's Atlanta. We've heard Atlanta really likes James Wiseman and Anthony Edwards. So maybe they're saying, Atlanta, you know, we you know, we, we we're gonna keep it. You wanna trade up, now's your chance. And maybe they end up do making a deal where now they're kind of pretending that they want that pick. Maybe they do want it. Maybe they take Wiseman and and they're like, he's not going to play a lot this year, but um, you know, we're thinking long-term, let's try to rebuild as we compete for a championship. One of those attitudes, which we've seen probably is the best method in sports that we've found so far and as teams try to balance how to rebuild, that's probably the best way to do it is rebuild as you still try to win, which is hard to do. Uh, but when you are a really good team and you end up with a number, one, number two pick, you have a real opportunity to do that. Teams yeah. don't normally get that opportunity, right? Like we've only seen that a couple of times, you think of like 1997, whenever uh, the Spurs were really good, and then they they uh, Dave Rumsfeld got hurt, and they ended up with the number one pick, and they they could have traded that pick and built on that good team, but they're like, oh, we'll take Tim Duncan, who's great, and then we'll try to build this as we as we still compete. Well, they ended up winning the championship in '99, so it worked out really good. Really I don't up, think James yeah. we- I don't think James Wiseman is Tim Duncan, and I don't think the Warriors think he's Tim Duncan either. So probably it's more likely they trade that pick. Uh, for me, anyway, I think probably that's and I and I don't know who else. I don't know who else makes the deal. I think Atlanta has got potential to try to trade up to get one of those guys to pair with Trey Young. I think James Wiseman's the one. I think that's the deal that gets done. That's my prediction. Is 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 Atlanta and Golden State work out? Did it?
1: Did Atlanta extend Clinton Capella? I don't know. That would. I think that might. I don't know that. I don't think you need Wiseman in that case, or unless you're trying to get Anthony Edwards um, or
0: Anthony Edwards. They like, Edwards. yeah,
1: right, right, right. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, and also would then, um, you know, make the Hornets want to move back. Cause I can't, well, they uh, actually, the Hornets apparently like Wiseman um, or Detroit, so, Detroit too. Yeah. yeah Detroit could yeah. want to
0: move up or they could, you know, they got seventh pick. They could ship that to Houston yeah. for Russ and do a Russ Blake Griffin thing. That could be a thing, I guess. That could get you the six or seven <laughs> seed in the East. That would uh, be great
1: in two thousand nine, as far as dunks. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the and the Knicks and the, you know the Knicks are always gonna try to do something stupid. Yes, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they gave up a load for for Russ
1: as well. One hundred percent. And the Spurs. Um, last thing. Yeah. Before we we move on to our NFL topics. Yes. Um, that we could see, um, and it was one of the things discussed in the Suns trade is that they had to give up a 2022 pick. Yeah. Um so the thinking behind the league and why OKC probably didn't pursue their top 10 pick uh, as or didn't make that a requirement in this trade is because uh one this draft class isn't at at the number 10 spot isn't super deep. Um, although um you know OKC probably could have got a valuable player but if you're going into a rebuild you don't need that. What yeah. they're probably actually looking at is uh one, the twenty twenty-one class is gonna be really good. Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, a lot of good guys coming into that class. But the twenty twenty-two class could mm. be super intriguing because the draft uh that um that eligibility uh age. Oh it's high it's W. Could, I think they're I think they're they're thinking very strongly that by twenty twenty two, um you will be allowed to come out of high school again, which would open the door for Chet Holmgren, uh, um, who's a senior right now um, Mm -hmm. coming out of high school, who is um, uh, one of the top – actually, he's the top player in that class. So that opens up the door for him uh, coming straight out of high school – or I'm sorry, 2022 – actually, he would be in the 20 – yeah, he would be coming out of college Mm because he would be late. But Imone Bates, uh, the kid from Michigan who draws a lot of KD comparisons – Mm -hmm. Um, would then be able to come out of high school in 2022 instead of waiting until 2023. Um, He has committed to Michigan state, but obviously that changes if the NBA says he can come out of high school. So I think, and I think that's widely known around league front offices that, Hey, 2022 draft class could have two studs in it. Um, So obviously you'd want to load up on picks in that, in that draft.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, So, So let's wrap up our NBA discussion then. I think that's all we had for NBA stuff right now. Yep. Um, Okay, we are going to take a quick break on the audio. If you are watching on YouTube, go ahead and click over to the NFL video that we just posted along with this one. Make sure you subscribe to the channel um, and head to allinnetwork.net for all the latest updates with the All-In Network.
1: Yep, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you in the second video.
0: Okay, welcome back to the All In Podcast. This is episode 53, uh, part two. So if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you go watch the NBA video that we just posted if you didn't get to check that out. um, And and make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, We have some NFL topics to discuss. Um, And Coop, do you want to start with your beloved Philadelphia Eagles?
1: Um. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I guess. Whatever. I love um, the Eagles. Yeah. Um. You know. I love NFL Red Zone. Yeah. Red because Zone NFL Red Zone uh makes me not have to watch full Eagle games, yeah. um, and pull my hair out, um, or more of my hair turn gray from actually watching full Eagle games. Um, but it's uh, I d- I did eventually watch towards the end. And uh, um, I think Carson Wentz needs needs to. He's got it now. I think now is the point. A loss to the Giants now is the point. You got to pull the plug on Wentz. You got to do it now. Because really? this, yeah, because the Giants are now with back to back wins are now breathing down your neck. It's close. Um, and honestly, I, I think the Reds the the Redskins lost, so you kind of avoided avoided them but now the the giants are in the mix um Mm -hmm. at three and seven that's unbelievable to say out loud um but (laughs) i it's going to be tough for them to hold on to this man because like yeah think about it um you know the giants are probably going to beat the cowboys Mm -hmm. um you know with with their quarterback situation maybe not if andy dalton ends up coming back but who knows um i don't i don't know how much better that makes it but yeah I don't know. I mean, now at this point, like the Eagles aren't even hoping on winning this division based on beating every other team in the division. You're like hoping that enough teams in the division beat each other, that you win yeah, just right, enough right. games to get in. It's like, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess, honestly, in the NFC East. like the, the winner of the NFC East is going to out six games. Yeah. Like I think uh, seven would be, would be nice. But like if the, the Eagles could get in at six, nine and one. Um, but the, I mean, the offense is just bad. The play calling is bad. Um, I think Doug Peterson's stock as a coach is plummeting because I just I see bad decision after bad decision. Uh, Carson Wentz holds the ball entirely too long, mm-hmm. um, and really, the the Eagles might have to think about a full rebuild mode here um, because, and it's mostly because of the contract you gave Wentz. Like you don't, and and also Fletcher Cox is like one of the highest paid defensive linemen in the league, if not the most. So, you know, you have, and not that that's a bad contract, but you have this awful contract with Wentz uh, that's going to limit what you really can do with him uh, as far as putting things around him. And, you know, it's just, it's a bad situation. And I think, you know, you drafted Hurts in the second round for a reason. There has to be some reason why he's there. Um, I think it's so that they can turn to a rebuild quicker, I would right. think. Um, and that's, that's the direction that is trending because, like, granted, even if the Eagles win the division, hmm. all right, you lose in the first round and now you're, like, late 20s first round pick. Like, who does that help? How does that yep. help this team? After you win six or seven, seven games at best, how does that, you know what I mean? Your, your team's certainly not going to get better, especially when you constantly miss in the draft. Um, but uh, on everybody that you take, especially in the first round, um, so it's just like it's it's looking bleak, man. It's looking really bleak. This is this is yep. such a bad loss, but it's a telling loss, um, because the Giants almost beat us the first time, um and and they weren't able to, uh, um, they weren't able to hold him off this time. I love Miles Sanders though, yeah, he I like good. Miles Sanders a lot. He looked really good coming back, yeah, um, but. I mean, it's it's just bad.
0: Well, it's like, you know, and the running game looked really good. So, it's like Wentz is kind of out of excuses. Right? Yes. If we're doing that. like Guys really, are healthy now. Guys are healthy. Like, this is as good as it's going to get for you. And, like, it was really bad. I think it's been interesting to watch. Um, I have a few Eagles fans in my life. And they're, you know, full 360 on Carson Wentz. Like, not even a 360, but like a 720, 1080, like, just round and round with him. Like, yeah. Um it's but he's bad man. He's not good at this and Doug Peterson's not good at this. He got worked by Joe Judge. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Jones looked a lot better. Looked a lot more competent than Carson Wentz did um throwing the ball and also running the ball. Like he was a lot more accurate than Carson Wentz was. Like it's pretty bad right now. I think they're still going to win the division. I don't I don't know if I'd make the change. Like it just seems risky because but I think you're right. Like if you're looking at it and you're like, yeah, like we gotta if we keep Wentz in for the idea of like, well, we could still make the playoffs. Um, and you know, we, we wanna make the playoffs, so Wentz, you know, he, he gives us the best opportunity to do that. It's less of a risk to go to to keep with him now. First of all, I don't know if that's true anymore. Uh it might be less of a risk to go to Hertz. And it's like you are probably gonna lose in the first well. You know, depends who they play, I guess. But it's the playoffs. I think most teams are like, yeah, but like if we make the playoffs, anything can happen, right? Don't, don't <laughs> right. most most teams have that that of mentality? Course. If we make the playoffs, anything can happen. Right. Um, so they're probably not going to blow it up quite yet. But I would agree. I and and I've been off once for a while now too. But it's 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 bad in Philadelphia, man.
1: Yeah, but, my, well, see, my thing is like, can the offense get worse with no. Jalen Hurts? I, I don't, don't think it so. can. I don't know. Yeah. Like you run, just throw hurts in, add a bunch of RPOs into your, uh, into your playbook. Like you did with Foles, bunch. And this, but this time you'll have someone who can keep it on, on read options and stuff like that. Um, I, I think it would make the offense more dynamic. Uh, because i think of what jalen hurts can do with his legs and it would focus you it would for, it would force you to run the ball more like yeah. my, and i think that's something that they just flat out need to do for some reason he's like he's like hellbent on making carson wentz um you know throw the ball a ton of times and i don't really he's not that kind of quarterback like he's not. I, I just wonder is like if we went to a vikings type of uh, or a browns type of offense where we just run it until we absolutely have to throw it. Yeah. Um, would, would we, uh, you know, would Carson Wentz look a lot better and would we have the same discussion? And I think like if we went to an offense with Jalen hurts, I think that's exactly what you would do. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think so too,
0: but you're kind of like, well, we gave Wentz all this money. So let's, let's try to get our money's worth, but that's, it's not working, man. It's not yeah. working. And yeah, uh, no. I, are you are you picking the Giants to win the division now? It's, I think it's still going
1: to. Um, so yeah, so I do think um, the Eagles are still the favorite in the division, uh, simply because if the Giants are playing anyone else than us, it's yeah. likely that <laughs> it's likely that they're losing. So yeah, I I think that's you know the situation I I mentioned earlier where everybody else in the division just kind of beats each other just enough for us to get in the playoffs this is exactly what's going to happen because I don't know that. The Redskins, Giants, or the Cowboys can win games outside of the division. I think we might be able to steal one. I haven't looked at our schedule, but I, you know, I think we might be able to steal enough games outside of our division yeah. or enough in it. Like we probably only have to win. We probably only have to win a couple more games in our division, um, you know, in order to secure that that you know NFC East title. But uh, yeah, I would still take the Eagles as the favorite.
0: I would take the Eagles too as the favorite, as much as. Uh, they are disappointing. I just can't imagine a world where Daniel Jones wins a division. <laughs> yeah. Not yet, anyway. Maybe, maybe one day, but yeah. uh, not right now. Of course, it is the worst division I've ever seen. So, yeah. Uh, right, let's let's move on from the pitiful Eagles and talk about the Dolphins, who have been unbelievable. Really, really beat up on the Chargers here. Could have been even worse than what it ended up uh, score wise. So, and we talked about this last week how good the dolphins can be and uh you know where we kind of rank them man they are uh they have to be considered one of the four best teams in the in the afc at least
1: yeah i would say so um they were sixth in my power rankings and i the there were three teams ahead of them yeah and with the way they've been playing there's they're certainly top five i don't even know that that's a debate yeah
0: yeah i think i think so too um so so they beat the chargers battle of young qbs did we learn anything new from this game
1: um i don't know that we learned anything new um but i think we got a little more confirmation about tua he looked really he looked really good again um herbert was solid um i think he didn't look as good as tua now granted Miami's defense is better than the chargers. So yeah, definitely. obviously that factors in here, but um, you know, I, I, these are two really good young QBs, man. And uh, it was fun to see them battle it out. But um, I think this, what this told us the most is that the dolphins are for real, which is yes. crazy to say at this point right now, because last year with the fire sale that they had, um, you, uh, you know, and they were, you know, pretty much tanking for, for two at the time they ended up getting him but uh you know it ended up be, it actually ended up being joe burrow uh um, right. would have been the quarterback that they probably would have took if they did get the number one pick but like with everything that they traded away mm-hmm. um they they've rebuilt this team uh back into a competent really good football team um and you know three and oh with two under center so yeah, a- yep
0: absolutely um and you know, we have talked about now the the job that Brian Flores has done. It's been pretty unbelievable yeah. um, what he's done. And it's defense and special teams. And I yes. think, like, you know, like, we kind of looked at this with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they were winning some games. And we were like, oh, maybe, like, they're pretty good with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why are they going to Tua? But, like, now we see, like, oh, it makes perfect sense to go to Tua. Because he doesn't really make mistakes, right? Like, he's a rookie who doesn't really make rookie mistakes, um, and and that's that's very rare first of all and and but it's been really fun to watch like his decision making is so good, quick decision making as well. like he's kind of just like play action, throw it. like he yes. he's, he's got it down and like the arm strength is there, the accuracy is there. Uh, and and the running ability is there too. like where he's just very exciting. like I think he has jumped probably uh, he's probably jumped Herbert and Burrow. As, not not so far as, like, who do I think is going to be the best, per se. But, like, right now, if I can turn on the TV and watch one of them, it's
1: probably Tua right now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, yeah agreed with all of that. But especially, uh, that's the thing I love about him the most is his quick decision making. Like, yeah. he knows where he's going to go with the football. He gets it out of his hands quickly. Um, I would love to send some of his film to Carson Wentz.
0: Right, <laughs> uh,
1: it's just like hey, take notes. This guy's three or four years younger than you, right? You know, so it's just same. yeah, right, and, and knows how to get the ball out of his hands, um, you know. And really, they got a good running game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, even without Miles Gaskin. This Ahmed dude stepped up for them uh, big time um, on the ground. So, uh, and like you said, their defense and special teams is great. So it is, um, yeah. And and two is definitely up there. Uh, He's, he's got, uh, I know I said it before, but I'll say it again. He's got Russell Wilson, young Russell Wilson vibes um, to him, you know, as an undersized guy, but um, makes good decisions. Won't hurt you. Yep. Um, Which is funny to say after Wilson has thrown or turned the ball over six times in the last two games, but (laughs) early (laughs) young Russell Wilson didn't do that.
0: (laughs) Well, let's, let's actually talk about Russell Wilson. Um, And, you know, you mentioned turning the ball over. He did that on Sunday against the Rams. They lost, um, a road divisional game, and are no longer alone in first place in the NFC West, the jumbled NFC West. Mm-hmm. It's been bad the co- past couple weeks for the Seahawks. They are uh, the worst defense of all time by yards <laughs> metrics currently. Yep. Um, is this unfixable?
1: The defense, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I don't know. They're at a point of no return. In this case, um, and like we talked about, it's it's a uh, Russ cook or die at this point. Like they yeah. have no alternative but to hope that he um outshoots any team. Yeah. Um, and and also DK Metcalf, um, when shadowed by like elite corners, like completely disappears. Right. So I think that's and I think that's really hurting Russ. Um, as far as the rep, the let Russ cook kind of thing. Like if he doesn't have DK Metcalf to be able to go to, um, it, it makes it much harder for him to cook. Um, you know, and then you, you look at the three losses, Patrick Peterson and Arizona. Yeah. Uh, now DK Metcalf played well in the bills loss. Um, but Tredavious white, he saw a lot of Tredavious white.
0: Mm-hmm. And now
1: this time, Uh, you know, he was completely shut down by Jalen Ramsey, who wasn't even on him as much as we expected. Um, but he was completely shut down in this one. So kind of telling there, but, um, and to your point that you made on the last episode, um, it does look like Russ, like forces some plays because he's trying so hard to put points up. Um, just like his, I think it was his first pick that he threw. Where he steps up in the pocket and it looks like he's about to take off like oh, he's he had getting twenty yards on his in scrimmage. front
0: of him. yeah, he had to yeah, beat for a touchdown, he,
1: one guy to beat, and he like th- throws it across the field to will disley, and like at first, I was like, what in the world is he doing? Why didn't he run? And then I look at it, and like, will Disley had like a good three or four yards, right? Mm-hmm. So like with the way he's been playing and like he probably has this like, God level confidence in the way he's throwing The football right (laughs) and he's like if I put this At the right spot we're scoring a touch We're scoring a touchdown here yeah but uh, He doesn't and it's a pick Whereas like I Don't know if I if like we said If he if he beats that one linebacker That's there he's probably scoring in that case So it's just Mm -hmm. like I think he's Kind of forcing it a bit Trying to put as many points on the board Um, And I can't really Fault him because if he doesn't like his his defense ain't ain't doing anything to help um, in that case, so um, it's it's concerning. And this is why I had my concerns last episode about the Seahawks um, because that defense is so bad. It it's so bad it hurts your offense. It does. It, no, <laughs> How often it does, do you yeah. see that? It's it's you don't see that a lot. Um you know we've seen bad defenses with good offenses but like to the point where it's like hey now you're kind of interfering with what we're trying to do on the offense side it's crazy
0: Yeah and it's like kind of kind of sad for Russell Wilson where like he's having his best season ever they're finally letting Russ Cook uh and he's accompanied by his worst defense of all time <laughs> um certainly his worst defense of all time and possibly the NFL's worst defense of all time uh, Yeah So I don't know how it gets better. Like Jamal Adams was supposed to be this fix, but like he doesn't really help you with pass defense. He's more of a blitzing run support um, safety, yeah. safety. He's not like the guy who he's not he's not Ed Reed or Tripel Muller like that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk Rams for a second. Um, here they are. Beat the Seahawks now. Um, what's their ceiling? I guess.
1: Um, I, there's certainly a playoff team. I think all three of those teams in the NFC West are going to make the playoffs. Sure. Um, and I think the Niners will probably bottom out simply because of injuries. They just don't seem to be able to get healthy. Um, but uh, you know, I think they're probably still going to finish third in this division. I think the Seahawks will figure it out eventually, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I, depending on who they draw in the playoffs, like this, this Rams team can beat people they have a really good defense like I think they can win a playoff game um you know I I think if they run the ball well I think that'll be the biggest thing um is if they get the running game going and they don't have to rely too much on Jared Goff who's been solid but um you know if if he doesn't have to throw it 30 to 40 times I think they'd be fine um depending on who they draw in that first round so like I would say their ceiling is probably the divisional round Mm. I don't know that – and, again, depending on matchups, maybe they could – because the, the NFC is a, a free-for-all at this it point. They, I think they could get to the NFC Championship. I don't think that's ridiculous to say out loud. Um, so, you know, I, I I would say ceiling, maximum ceiling, is probably NFC Championship.
0: Yeah, I like the Rams. They're very balanced uh, run pass-wise. Like, they've got a good running game. Malcolm Brown and them have figured something out yeah. uh, with him. And And Cam Akers. And and Cam Akers. And that defense is good. Like, the really good game plan against Russell Wilson. I like the Rams team. I was high on them before the year. So, maybe I'm just hoping that that prediction works out. But it has so far, anyway. Um, So, all right. Last game we will talk about was the Sunday night game. Patriots beat the Ravens in a hurricane last night uh, in New (laughs) England. Um, It was an interesting game. Damian Harris ran all over. The Ravens. Uh, what did you think about this one?
1: Well, that was probably the most shocking thing about this game is like the Ravens' defense is supposed to be really good against the run, and and they were yeah. not in this one. Um, but I think you know, uh, I feel like I'm I'm beating a dead horse at this point with how much I've talked about it. But uh, you know, L- Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. Like, no. Nope. Yeah. Out, especially outside the numbers like he's I think he's really good on scene throws but it's just like he's he's not a good pocket passer and if he doesn't light you up on the ground you can beat the Ravens anyone can beat the Ravens if you don't let him light you up from a rushing standpoint or if you don't let J.K. Dobbins or Ed, Gus Edwards light you up on the ground Um mm-hmm. you know and I, I really don't think the I think the Ravens are hurting themselves with trying to force Mark force the Mark Ingram like he's washed. Um, and I think not only is he washed, he's holding back your two other running backs who are pretty good. Yeah. Like JK Dobbs is pretty good. Yeah. He is uh, Gus Edwards is pretty good. Like Gus Edwards, seven for 42 last night, six yards of carry. And it's like, you're, you're giving Mark Ingram five, five carries for five yards. Like that's a waste feed. Gus Edwards. He was yeah. running the ball. Well, get the ball in his hands more. Lamar's ran 11 times last night, which was the most on the team. And like, granted, obviously you want to be running with Lamar because that's, he's really good at that. But I think your run game is more effective when you're using Gus Edwards and Dobbins and going with, you know, either of those as a hot hand, all three can't get it going. I all
0: don't right. think
1: we've, I don't think we've really seen that yet. And I just really don't see the point point in keep trying to force that. Um, but from a passing perspective, um, uh, Lamar wasn't like awful and he never really is right. To the point where it's like, he looks like a Nate Peterman or anything like that, but it's right. Or or Carson, he never looks as bad as Carson Wentz throwing the football, but there's always those moments where it's just like, um, you know, two minute drill at the end of the first half, awful decision to throw a jump ball to Marquise Brown. Yeah. And, and and not only was it, uh, it it was a jump ball because you threw it on his inside shoulder. It's not even on the outside. He wasn't really open. Uh, t- at all and he would have needed a perfect throw in order to get him that ball in any way shape or form and mm-hmm. that's not something he can do so yeah. uh, you know and that costs you points you're almost in field goal range I think they might have actually been in field goal range with like 14 seconds left there's no need to make that throw no need to make that decision um, and granted you lose by six yeah. who knows how that how the game changes when you get those three points instead of losing them
0: yeah, he's a one-read quarterback for me. Like it's like
1: yep. he's either gonna
0: he's either gonna run it, which is what he's really good at, or he's gonna do a, he's gonna do the play action and look for that guy. And if it's not there, it's all hell. Who knows? He's either yep. gonna throw it up in, in coverage like he did to, like he did to Marquise Brown, or he's gonna tuck it and run, which is probably what the Ravens want him to do in right. those situations, right? Like I'm not sure they want him throwing the ball uh, that much once it's past that first read. Yeah, but like, I mean, do I give him? I, I think I might give him a pass for this one. Um, and it was a hurricane, and that's why. That's yeah. true. And I think, you know, considering it was a hurricane, and considering what we already know about him, I don't think it was that bad for him. I think this is like no, what I you would, it's. I think this is like what you would expect from him in a hurricane type game, which just shows like how far he's fallen from last year, where like. You know, he was the MVP. If he had a bad game, it was like, whoa, what's going on now? He's had quite a few bad games this year, especially throwing the football (laughs) that were like, you know, even when this game started and it's in the hurricane, we're kind of thinking to ourselves already, it's going to be tough for Lamar to throw the football today. And it was, it was tough for him to throw the football and, you know, thanks to the Pats, right? Because we kind of thought the Pats were done and that their season was over, but they're not giving up. They're not really out of a spot completely. They're not done. Mm Um, you know, there's a couple six and three teams ahead of them. So it's going to be really tough, but I mean, you know, they string, they string wins together. If they, if they're four and five right now, there's three, six and three teams ahead of them. And they're probably going to have to go at a minimum nine and seven, maybe 10 and six they can squeeze in. So like, that's going to be really tough, right. To, right. So to, to run the slate besides one game, but they're not going to give up and, and Cam Newton had a really solid game.
1: So, and if you think about it, the Pats are five and four if he doesn't fumble against the Bills. So, yes. and and the Bills would be I think there's you know six and four. So the AFC East gets a little more gets a little tighter there. Um, you know if if Cam doesn't fumble in that game.
0: Yeah, and my Cam MVP case maybe is still <laughs> holding up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, okay. Last thing we're talking about today is an update on the NFL MVP race. Yes. Um, Russ was leading this for a while. It seems the last couple weeks he's kind of dropped a little bit. Um, What is your hierarchy right now?
1: Um, So I still have Pat Mahomes. Uh, Granted, they were on a bye this week, but I I think he's the front runner at this point. Um, Just from a statistical standpoint, and they're eight and – or sorry, seven and one, something like that. Um, So I think he's the front runner right now. Um, I would say probably in second, I think you have to put, I think you still have to have Russ there. Mm. I don't, I mean, I just, I don't know anyone else who throughout the course of this season has played better than him and mattered more to their team than him. I can think Um, of one guy. Who do you think? Kyler Murray. You think over the whole season he's been better? Uh, well, I think that,
0: well, yes. Well, no, not the first five weeks, obviously, Russ was better. Right. But the last couple of weeks, Kyler has been a lot better. Yeah. He's going to beat Lamar Jackson's statistical numbers from last year. Yeah. And they're tied for first place right now. So I think yeah, we're probably going to look at this and say, whoever wins this Thursday night game, because they play each other on Thursday, Yeah. is the – second place guy behind moms.
1: Yeah. As you see, and that's, I was going to have Kyler at third. Okay. Um, and then Aaron at fourth. Um, and then Ben at fifth. Ben
0: love it. Yeah. Love I love it because
1: listen, uh, he was really good. Yes, um, on, on Sunday, granted the, the Bengals aren't great, but that's what you're supposed to do to bad teams. Yep. They lit him up. Um, and at nine and oh, like we talked about last episode, he's, he's by far their most valuable. They're not nine and no without him. So,
0: Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, too, like a good case for him is like they were eight and eight last year. They've already, they they already have more wins this year uh, with him than than they had last year when he didn't fly. So, like, there's a case for that. I would go Mahomes uh, and then Kyler. And I think Alvin Kamara, maybe, in the race. I like Uh, that. He has been so good and really carrying the Saints, who are looking like they're going to end up with the number one seed. (laughs) um well, in the nfc right They're
1: drew, that. drew brees possibly out they said optimistically yeah. he's going to miss about two to three weeks so possibly longer so, so i don't know if they hold that with Jameis, but we'll see
0: well if they do hold it with Jameis, then his case gets stronger Kamaris, oh yeah, case, yeah 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 his case gets stronger right because then you're like okay he's doing this he's carrying them which he kind of already has been uh right. but we might think about it differently if it's Jameis playing quarterback instead of drew even yeah. though Jameis might be better than drew brees So, and then I will probably have. uh, I think I probably have Russ and then Ben. Rogers just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: how much is uh, how much is Jameis going to go for on the uh, fantasy auction uh, waivers? Twenty bucks.
1: Oh, I think that would be hefty to pay for him. You think so? um, In a year where the quarterback position is pretty deep fantasy wise, Um, but uh, I think the best part about Jameis. Um, from a fantasy perspective is what he probably does for Michael Thomas. Yes. Cause like, I, you know, James Winston's no conservative with the football. No, so not. granted he might, you know, have those games where it gets ugly. they on the picks, but.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um, that's all the NFL topics we had for today. And that concludes uh, episode 53 of the all in podcast. Coop. Tell the people what else is going on with the all in network.
1: Yeah, so uh, we've got quite a bit going on at the All In Network. Um, A new article just posted by uh, Mike Burton Moran, our blog writer, um, wrote an article about the romanticism in politics uh, that we have with certain politicians. I thought it was a very interesting read. So that is available right now on our website at allinnetwork.net. My NFL power rankings, my weekly article will be coming out uh, tomorrow after the Monday night games. Uh, which would be Tuesday uh, the 17th, so stay tuned for that. Um, we also have an app now. Uh, the All In Network app is available on the Apple and Google Play Store, um, so you can find our app and use that to access uh, everything All In Network related. Um, now, the, the podcast audio is only ours right now. We're work- Obviously, we're working on getting the other ones, uh, but you can access our website Um, follow our social media feed through there, um, things like that. So you can stay uh, up to date with everything all in network related. Um, So make sure you download that on your smartphone or tablet as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of cool stuff going on with us. Uh, If you are on this YouTube channel right now, make sure you are subscribing, hit that notification button. That way, you know, when we go live, we do a lot of live shows. Um, We also have all in politics who has been very busy lately yeah. Uh, they just released an episode talking about uh, Joe Biden's victory. Uh, so make sure you are tuned into that. There was an interesting discussion also about um, why Democrats lost some some House and Senate races. Um, and I believe you, you jumped on there for a second, too, to talk about that. So make sure you go check that out yep. if you like hearing Eli's voice, which I'm sure you do because <laughs> uh, you're listening to this. So, so, yeah, check that out, guys. Um, Follow us on social media, Twitter at all underscore in underscore pod, Facebook, Instagram, all in network, uh, and head on over to allinnetwork.net to see everything we got going on. Thanks for listening, guys. Good.
1: See you guys next time. Yep.